But if we do not also have these conversations with the people who are closest to us and that we trust, if we're not open to feedback from these people and if we're not open to giving feedback to others, we're basically deciding in these moments to live in our own little world. We're saying, I'm doing the work and I'm drawing my own conclusions about myself and I'm bettering myself in the ways I think are important and that's all that matters. We're choosing in that moment to close ourselves off to the outside world because we're choosing in that moment that the people around us, whether that be family members, friends, even coworkers or even coaches or mentors do not matter. Hey guys, this is Coach K and you're listening to the Making Changes Breaking Barriers podcast where we talk about you. This is about you, your mind, and your path. So I just want to start off today's podcast by saying thank you for being here with me. And I also just had one quick reminder for you before we get going today. And this reminder is really important to me because it has been something on my mind a lot lately. Like it's something that I've been working on. But my reminder to you today is you yes, I'm talking to you. Actually, raise your hand. I want to make sure you're present and listening to this. But yes, you are amazing. You're amazing. Look at you. I mean, come on. You're getting stuff done. You're working hard. You're taking care of yourself. You're being the best family member you know how to be. You're being the best friend you know how to be. You're being the best you you know how to be. And I just think it's really important to acknowledge that sometimes especially in a world and in a space where we're always talking about ways to improve. I don't know if it feels exhausting ever to you guys, but sometimes it's really exhausting to me. Like I know one of my core values is growth. And I know that I have a whole podcast and a whole business around the idea that we can continue to grow and be the best versions of ourselves. But I do like to think another part of my work is helping us all remember that part of our self-development is having the fortitude to, no matter what is going on, love ourselves, smile at ourselves, look at ourselves in the mirror and just be like, oh yeah, baby, you look good. (laughs) Like when was the last time you did that? If your answer is never, I need you to go find a mirror right now. Like pause my podcast. This is not that important. Go find a mirror right now. Look at yourself and say out loud, oh yeah, baby, I look good. (laughs) I'm serious. Go do it right now. It just feels so good to do that sometimes. So just remind ourselves, I am amazing. I am enough. I'm going to love my life the way that it is right now because I want to and because I can. Okay. I feel like I could just stop the podcast right here, but we will keep going. But I did want to just give you that reminder because it's been kind of on the tip of my thoughts lately. But I do have another really important topic to talk to you guys about today. And when I started doing some research for this topic and really started digging deep and thinking about my own personal journey with this topic, I had this moment that I've never really had before. But I realized that this has literally been one of the most important life lessons I've ever learned. Like when I really think back, and again, I'm not claiming I'm like a master at this now or anything, but right, like I have room to grow, believe me. But when this lesson really started to sink in, I think a lot about me started to change. So let me ask you guys this. And I know I did this last week too, but I want to make sure you guys are present here with me right now. I want you to raise your hand, or if you're driving, just nod your head. 
But I want you to do that if, I want you to raise your hand if you have ever felt like, yes, you want to focus on self-development, like you know it's really important to be mindful of your thoughts and emotions and take time for yourself in that way, but you want to do it alone. Raise your hand if you do most of your self-development on your own. Like maybe you read books or you listen to podcasts like this one or others, or you meditate or you journal, right? To be honest, maybe half of you guys are raising your hands because maybe some of you have already experienced the importance of feedback. But for those of you who raise your hand, here's what I want to say. First off, there is nothing wrong with those things, right? Like if I sat here and you know, as you're listening to this podcast and I told you that listening to podcasts and reading books and meditating was bad, you guys would be like, you're crazy. I'm not listening to you ever again. Right? So that's not what I'm saying. All of that stuff is really, really good. It's great. I do a lot of it, right? By doing all those things, you probably feel more in tune with your own body, with your own mind, with your thoughts, actions, and feelings. You may even feel like you're more in tune with your purpose and your mountain and have a really, you know, a good understanding of your core values. But here's the thing. There's one thing that's missing in all of this. When we do all these things, and when we do them alone, in our own thoughts, we're just kind of living in our own world. Okay, like, here's an example for you guys. So if you guys imagine that you're back in college, and you were taking a math class, there's a chance that if you were kind of like a brainiac, that you could sit in that classroom all alone with a textbook, or maybe there was like a recording of a teacher that could spit out information for you, and you could learn and become better at math all alone with that textbook or that recording, right? Like math is very black and white. So for the most part, there's a right answer and there's a wrong answer. So as long as you had the information in front of you and you were dedicated enough to learn that information, you would probably be okay. Okay, so now imagine, again, you're back in college and you're sitting in a philosophy class. And same thing, you had a course full of books in front of you, but you were alone. So you could read all those books and you could learn about what past philosophers wrote and believed and taught, but whatever conclusions you drew, whatever conclusions your brain drew from all of that information, whatever thoughts you had, whatever takeaways came to you, would be purely your own with no one to discuss them with. All of your thoughts and all of those conclusions would be based on, yes, your readings, but also your experience and your experience alone, with no one else to challenge you, with no one else to share a different perspective, with no one else to provide feedback. Okay, so that's one example. Or you can think of it in this way. Let's say that you're having some marital problems, okay? So, You and your partner decide to buy this book off the internet that is supposedly a great book to read in this scenario. So you both decide you're going to read the book, but you're going to read it on your own, right? You're going to read it separately. So you read the book and you have all of these thoughts and emotions while reading the book and you feel like, yes, right? Like that's great that you have all these thoughts and emotions, but the next step here is to talk about these thoughts and emotions with your partner. Maybe part of that conversation is feedback you want to communicate to them about how you've been feeling, right? So you go to your partner and you say, okay, hey, so we both finished reading this book. Do you want to talk about it? And here's what happens. They say no. They say, actually, in their opinion, the work was in reading the book and reading the book alone. And it gave them a lot to think about. They maybe even learned a lot about themselves, but they don't really see the need in discussing it. 
Okay. What's the problem here? The problem is that we can do all this self-work, right? Like I was saying before, we can read, we can write, we can go on a week-long solo backpacking trip to find ourselves, and we can go to a meditation retreat or whatever it may be. And this is all fine and good, but if we do not also have these conversations with the people who are closest to us and that we trust, if we're not open to feedback from these people and if we're not open to giving feedback to others, we're basically deciding in these moments to live in our own little world. We're saying, I'm doing the work and I'm drawing my own conclusions about myself and I'm bettering myself in the ways I think are important and that's all that matters. We're choosing in that moment to close ourselves off to the outside world because we're choosing in that moment that the people around us, whether that be family members, friends, even coworkers or even coaches or mentors do not matter. Their input does not matter. So why would someone get to this point? Like, why would we get to the point where we are so close off to these conversations with the people around us? Why are we so close off to receiving feedback or even giving feedback? I grew up as an athlete. And if you grew up as an athlete, you learn very quickly that you're either someone who is quote unquote coachable or not coachable. And I remember this was something that we would even be evaluated in high school sports. Like, well, Susie isn't really coachable, so that's why she's not getting a lot of playing time. Now, the problem with sports is it's a very uncontrolled setting, right? Like, does quote-unquote not being coachable mean that, yeah, I don't like being screamed at by my coach in a quiet gym with my parents sitting in the stands? I wouldn't count that in the same conversation as being open to feedback. But with that being said, I do think if you grew up as an athlete, you probably did learn pretty quickly about yourself, how you receive and even give feedback and how that makes you feel, right? Is it something that feels comfortable to you? In this case, if it does feel comfortable to you, maybe you have some really good experiences to look back on where you either received feedback internalized it and saw great benefit from it, or maybe you even gave feedback to a teammate and they took it well and maybe even thanked you for your help, right? Now on the flip side, maybe these things feel very uncomfortable for you and maybe even a bit traumatic. Like the thought of someone giving you feedback makes you automatically angry and the thought of giving someone else feedback makes you anxious and sweaty. Maybe at some point, someone you didn't trust gave you feedback that was unwarranted or even just, you know, flat out wrong. And maybe at some point you gave someone feedback and they took it really poorly and it felt like it backfired. Like, what's the point, right? And now I'm not saying that if you're not great at taking or giving feedback that that has to be rooted in some traumatic experience, but maybe it is, right? Have you thought about it? Have you thought about the fact that you like to do a lot of self-exploration and growth work alone because past experiences with you know, including other people in that process did not go well. But here's the thing. As we go through life, as we take on life's challenges and figure out how to do that, as we try and create the life on a daily basis that we want to live, we have to be constantly at work. The people who are the most successful at doing these things are constantly thinking. They're constantly game planning, self-evaluating, being mindful of their thoughts, their feelings and actions and something like I don't think it's talked about enough is that these people both give and receive feedback from the people around them. Okay. So they do all those things and they are also giving and receiving feedback from the people around them. They are open to being coach. Like what happens if your little four-year-old girl came up to you in the living room and said, mom, you were being mean yesterday. So basically your four-year-old daughter is giving you feedback. 
How will you react? Will you snap back and basically validate her feedback by continuing to be mean? Or will you take her feedback and do something constructive with it? We are given opportunities on a daily basis to take and receive feedback. And I'm not sure a lot of us totally take advantage of these opportunities as we should. So like I was saying before, if you were an athlete growing up, this was something you learned at a really early age. I was that kid. I will admit it. Who the coaches said, you know, about me, oh, she's so coachable, right? I got that all the time. That was me. And I do believe that the fact that was said about me early helped me reinforce that quote unquote good behavior consistently throughout the rest of my life so far. But you know, an area of my life where I feel like I learned this lesson the most, it was with my family. I would love to hear it, but please tell me if you can take feedback from a family member and it just feels nice and calm and your heart rate stays level and you don't have to hold back tears and you don't start to feel a bit defensive. That's a hard thing to do. Take feedback from a family member. And I love my family to death, right? All of them. But we have had our hard times and there's been times when I've very much been in the wrong. And to hear that, especially from a family member, or even just to hear that I could have been better or that my actions were not lining up with my values like even I would want them to from another's perspective is just really an uncomfortable feeling. It would be so easy just to not even have that conversation at all. I mean, family members have like decade-long feuds because two people can't come together and have a conversation about their differences. Two people can't come together and take and receive feedback because it's hard. This is not an easy thing to do. It's a lot easier, like I said before, to pick up a book and live in my own little world and validate my own feelings and even just grow where I think I need to grow and not take anyone else's input about it, right? That's a lot easier. But again, the problem with that and the lesson that I learned there is it does just that. This is so isolating, Not being open to the conversation puts you in your own little world and keeps you there. And I do know this for a fact about human beings. We do not like isolation. We are social beings and thrive with a supportive community around us. So what I want to leave you with today are some tips to most effectively give feedback because I think if we know how to best give feedback, we will recognize instances where the feedback we're receiving is something that we want to accept or maybe isn't, right? I do want to make it clear that with saying all this, I'm very aware and I want to make sure you are all aware as well that there is some feedback that is not worth taking. I mean, there is some feedback that needs to be just like kicked away right away. If someone is telling you you're not worthy enough, if someone is telling you you're not smart enough or bold enough, please just go ahead and ignore that and use it as fire to keep you motivated and prove them wrong. There is a very real thing called bad feedback and that we do not have to or really should not accept. I'm talking about positive feedback here. So how do we give good feedback and who are we giving this feedback to? And to be honest, you're probably giving feedback to more people every day than you even realize. I mean, I spend most of every day with Cora and Cora alone, so I know we give each other a lot of feedback all the time, whether we're even realizing it or not. So maybe it's your spouse or partner. Maybe it's your kids. Maybe give feedback to your friends or your coworkers or even your boss. Or maybe you haven't been giving feedback to these people, but you need to be. Or you want to. You have feedback to give, but just haven't figured out how to do it. 
So here we go. I have five tips for you. And these are five tips to give and in turn receive good feedback. Number one, remember the cost of not giving feedback. If we do not give feedback when feedback is warranted, this will come at a cost. I guarantee it. The other person in this scenario can, first of all, assume that all is good, right? They can assume that there is no issues. Have you ever heard of the story of the married couple who they were very happily married for 25 years until one day the husband forgot to load the dishwasher and the wife walked into the kitchen, picked up a plate, threw it against the ground. It shattered and she yells, that's it. I can't take it anymore. We're getting a divorce and she storms out, right? Not giving feedback when feedback is warranted comes at a cost, right? Not only to the potential receiver, but almost more to the potential giver, all right? That's number one. Remember the cost of not giving the feedback. Number two, plan in advance. Like almost everything we talk about, giving feedback needs to come with some thought. Feedback, just like barriers, which we talked about last week, are not explosions, right? Like the example I gave above, that wasn't giving feedback. That feedback probably needed to be given 25 years ago. It ended in in an explosion 25 years later. So normally the feedback that you give or receive should have been thought about. Doing some planning ahead, and to be clear, I'm not talking about years here, right? Taking years to plan this out. I'm just talking about maybe a few days, but doing some planning allows you to really focus in on the key points without overwhelming the receiver of the feedback. Planning ahead even allows you to potentially plan for the receiver's response, right? Maybe you anticipate they might not even take it very well, right? So you can kind of plan ahead and come with a little bit of a game plan of how you might approach that. All right, so plan ahead. That's number two. Number three, when at all possible, give one-on-one feedback. Giving public constructive feedback to an individual is just not good. Don't do it. It won't end well, I promise you. Do it privately. If the feedback happens to be for a group and you can give the feedback without singling out any one individual, then that might be okay. But if the feedback is for an individual, Wait until you can do it one-on-one in a private situation. Giving someone public feedback will only come across as criticism by the receiver, right? This is pretty like flat out. I can say that confidently. And this in turn can really dampen the relationship you have with that person. This can really backfire. The receiver will most likely feel insulted and undermined in this situation and their self-confidence will also be affected as they feel like they maybe, you know, as a result of this feedback have lost respect from the people around them in that situation. All right. So when at all possible, give one-on-one feedback. Number four, the fourth tip to giving and in turn receiving good feedback is to give feedback in a timely manner. Have you ever received feedback from someone about something that happened years ago. How did that make you feel? Right? Remember how that made you feel and that should be reason enough to not give that sort of feedback. Give feedback in a timely manner when it is due. Feedback works best when the memory is still fresh. When we wait too long to give feedback, like months or years later, you may even see the person react by claiming, well, we just have like a difference of opinion on how things happen, right? Or even acting confused as to what you're really even giving feedback about. Like they may say, when did that even ever happen? Or I'm not really even sure what you're referring to here, right? 
in these cases, the objectivity of the situation can be a lot more debated than when the memory is still really fresh, right? So again, take that time to plan ahead, but don't wait too long to have that conversation. And lastly, the last tip I'll give you about giving and receiving feedback is to be specific. Stick to the situation at hand. Be specific about what it is that you're giving feedback about. And if you're going to bring up negative actions, even give like potential alternatives, right? Don't bring up a negative action and just kind of leave it at that, right? Give the person a potential alternative, but be specific about the event or whatever it may be and try and focus more on the tasks, the actions in objective events rather than personality traits, which tend to be a bit more subjective, right? Like, hey, I didn't like when you handled that with so much anger versus actually just talking about exactly what the action was, okay? And let's be honest, when we kind of bring in people's personality traits, this is what brings up that defensive wall a lot of time. And in talking about keeping that defensive wall of the receiver down, even asking questions sometimes to start this sort of conversation can be really beneficial, right? These could be like open-ended questions like, how do you think things went, right? Or did it go as you planned? If not, like, why not, right? Or if you were doing it again, what would you do the same next time? And what would you do differently, right? And then maybe following that up with why. This really encourages self-reflection on the receiver's part as well and allows them to be mindful of their actions and behaviors. So with those tips, remember that if you really embrace giving feedback that is effective, this is basically a skill, right? And if you can get good at that skill, you can really start to determine whether the feedback you're receiving is something you want to internalize or not. You always have that choice, by the way. Remember that. You do not need to internalize all of the feedback you receive. But when the feedback is coming from someone you trust and it's appropriate feedback, I actually urge you to open up to it, right? Be open to the help. Be open to maybe seeing a situation from someone else's perspective because we don't live in our own little world, right? We live in a world where we're surrounded by a lot of potential greatness and having the empathy to step outside our comfort zone, step outside ourselves and see something from someone else's point of view can not only help us grow and help us succeed ultimately, it can actually also inspire other people to do the same. And how cool, right? To inspire other people to see the world from different lenses than their own. I don't know. I think that's pretty amazing. It's something our world needs a lot more of. So with that being said, the last thing I have for you, like always, is changing your path will not be easy. It'll be challenging. There'll be a lot that comes with it. Taking feedback, setting barriers, all of these things. So I will say that over and over again, but it will be worth it. So do a self-check today. Are you on your path up your mountain? And if not, what path are you on? <laughs>